It's the start of GM week, and today we're going to look back and see what we did last offseason. We played general manager. We're going to take a look at our picks and look at where we hit and look at where we missed. I have a feeling I missed a little bit, Johnny. Let's find out how we did. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SiriusXM by searching Locked On Angels. And if you'd like to give back to the Super Halo Bros for all the Angel content, here's some things that you can do. Leave us a rate and a review on Apple Podcasts. We love five stars. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. And if you're not subscribed already, please subscribe and become a Locked On Everydayer. Whether you're watching or listening, come over to YouTube, leave a comment. It's the best way to get in touch with us and be a part of the conversation. And today's show, brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. You can make every moment more with FanDuel. And right now, new customers like you can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Thank you for being here for this episode of Lockdown Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Hey, on today's show, we're beginning our GM week, and we're starting by looking back at our picks from the 2022 offseason to see how those picks performed in 2023. And we made our picks for who the Angels should sign in the offseason, offer them a average annual value, essentially what they'd be earning per year. And remember, we tried to keep the team salary around 200 million because that's about where the Angels had been prior to that. I think that they were up to about 185 or 188 in 2022. Turns out, Mike, they were willing to go way past that in 2023. So we were very frugal where we didn't have to be. Uh, All of that to say, I think that there's some good picks here. There's some misses here. We'll talk about all of that. So in 2023, how did our off-season free agent signings do? Well, let's find out, and we'll start with Mike's picks. Mike, first yeah. up, you had J.D. Martinez. to sign. You signed him to play left field last season. Right. Um, he did only play as a DH for the Dodgers this season. And you were going to give him a $15 million average annual value. Turns out he got paid $10 million for the one year he played so generous. with the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> now, he had a 2.2 Fangraphs war. By the way, mm-hmm. we're going to be doing Fangraphs war for this purpose because we want to make some good comparisons out there to you know who we signed and the production they brought to the table versus what the team actually had. And Fangraphs is very good at that. So here's how his season broke down, Mike. 113 games. 61 runs, 117 hits, 27 doubles, two triples, and here's the power, 33 home runs, 103 RBIs, 34 walks, and 149 strikeouts. His slash line was pretty impressive, a 271 average, 321 on base, Mike, a 572 slugging, and an 893 OPS. This Good. all added up to a 135 weighted runs created plus. Again, Weighted runs created plus 100 is league average. So uh, J.D. Martinez offensively was 35% better. Now, he only got into 12 innings of defense, Mike, playing in left field for the first time since 2021. And he yielded a negative 0.1 ultimate zone rating, which 
over the course of 150 games, which is about how many a guy might play over the course of a season, was a negative 2.4. So given his last couple seasons in the outfield, we could probably assume his defense was going to be less than zero, right? right. <laughs> and so right. Uh, that that is uh, that's the only thing I think that is kind of a hang up here sure. with JD Martinez is he didn't actually get into left field that much, but uh, he got some pretty good production there, Mike. Why don't you read those stats for us? Yeah, he 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 was he was really good, and he was somebody that I knew would struggle in left field, and I knew that we would have maybe a rotating piece in the outfield. When I look mm-hmm. at JD Martinez and I see what he did this last season. It's really an exchange for Hunter Renfro. And yeah. and Hunter obviously was great defensively, but offensively was terrible. And can you imagine what it would have looked like if we had JD Martinez in the lineup versus Hunter Renfro in the lineup? Yeah. And 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 I know the dynamic being with the Dodgers was beneficial to JD Martinez as well. It I'm seems sure. like a lot of players benefit there. And his production was much better than the Angels' left field production. The Angels' left field production, grand total, everybody that played there, they had a 1.4 war. Their slash line was 240 batting average, a 311 on base, a 418 slugging, and a 729 OPS. 31 home runs, 85 runs, 64 RBIs, and a 98 weighted runs created plus. So J.D. Martinez was somebody that would have performed a whole lot better. Again, Big question in his defense and big question if he could have been out there as often as we would have needed him to be out there. But as I mentioned in that GM show, I was going to take a risk on this. And we were also trying to not match. We were also trying to make sure that we didn't have the same team. And that was hard because when we first came to the plate off air, we had a lot of the same players. So we pivoted a lot. But that's why I went with J.D. Martinez because I felt like he would be a great asset in this lineup in 2023. And to the looks of it, with the stats, he would have been. At least his bat, for sure, 100% there. Uh, Jamison Tyon, Mike, you gave him a $14.3 million a year salary. He actually ended up at $14 million a year last year, plus right. then he gets 18 for the next three years. He yielded a 1.6 Fangraphs war. He went 8-10 and 10 with 29 starts, 154.1 innings pitched, a 4.84 ERA, a 4.61 FIP, so fielding independent pitching, what he could control and a 1.276 whip. Uh, here's here's an interesting line, Mike. 9.1 hits per nine, 1.6 home runs per nine, 2.4 walks per nine, and 8.2 strikeouts per nine. Hmm. And he had a 3.41 K to walk ratio. So for every three strikeouts, three and a half strikeouts he get, he would he would walk somebody. Now there's an interesting stat on Fangraphs. It works. In the opposite direction, it's ERA minus as okay. opposed to ERA plus, which we talk about. So you actually want a lower number than 100. Tyon was 112 ERA minus, mm. so he was 12% worse than league average. Mike, if if Tyon was in this rotation, who is it that he would be replacing theoretically? I think that you would have him in this rotation and you wouldn't have had somebody like Jaime Berea or even Jose mm. Suarez. I think mm-hmm. that both of those guys wouldn't have even sniffed the rotation if you had Jamison Tyon in this starting rotation. And he would have been somebody that probably would have followed Anderson in the rotation. So Otani, mm-hmm. Anderson, Tyone, and then you would have a a Detmers and a Sandoval and then Canning when he got healthy. And so you have six guys there. This, I think, would have been a uh, a better move for the Angels. However, Tyone didn't have that great of a year. But he's also somebody that could show up 
and suddenly go nine innings and and one hit a team, right? And we didn't have yes. that outside of Otani in the starting rotation. So that's why I was looking at maybe him possibly being somebody that could come to the Angels and really help them in 2023. And those numbers aren't fantastic, but if you compare him to the Angels starting rotation numbers, He's not looking too bad, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, Jaime Berea was 130 ERA minus, so 30% worse than league average, negative yeah. 0.7 F war. Jose Suarez was 190 ERA minus, so 90% worse than league average. Yeah. So uh, a tie-on would have been much better. Same thing goes with Michael Lorenzo, Mike. You wanted to bring him back. Yep. That actually would have been a great move. You were going to pay him seven. He got eight and a half million, a 1.74. Uh, or sorry, a 1.7 F war at nine and nine, 25 starts, 153 innings pitch, a 4.18 ERA. However, that was 3.58 with the Tigers. And then he went to the Phillies and really struggled, Mike. Yeah. Uh, but he was good for a 96 ERA minus. So again, I, I think that this move from Michael Lorenzen would have paid off. And there was actually a lot of people who wanted to trade for him at the deadline. Right. You were going to bring him back, Mr. GM, Mike. Yeah, I would have loved to have him back because I think he would have been a great piece for this rotation. But remember, he also was somebody that could have potentially come out of the the bullpen as well. And so yeah. with a lot of the injuries, he would have really filled in nicely as a starter, but also could have been a long reliever. And then we wouldn't have had to rely on a Jaime Bria or some of the other guys. I, I love Kenny Rosenberg, but I still think that Lorenzen's much better than him. And so we would have had somebody that we could use as a puzzle piece for what we needed as the injuries started to pile up. And so I would have loved to have seen him back. I know Angel fans, a lot of Angel fans wanted to see him back as well. And finally, you were going to sign Edwin Diaz to be yeah. the closer. You were going to give him $16 million a year. He actually earned $19.65 million. And uh, so that's $17.25 million plus a $2.4 million signing bonus. So I don't think he would have come to the Angels in this case. However, <laughs> that's not such a bad thing because yeah. – he didn't pitch, Mike, in right. 2023 due to injury. Now, uh, Carlos Estevez, on the other hand, he got $6.75 million to close out games for us, where he had an 89 ERA minus and a .9 Fangraphs war. 5-5, uh, five and five, 63 games, 62 in an innings pitch, 31 saves, a 390 ERA, a 3.94 FIP, and a 1.49 whip for Carlos Estevez. Mike, if, if Diaz had gotten hurt and the Angels had to pivot to somebody else to close out games, who do you think they would have gone to? Probably Matt Moore. I think Matt Moore could have handled yeah. it. And Jose Quijada was still healthy. I think that he would have been able to handle that. Johnny, here's my question for you. Mm -hmm. You're you're the Angels owner. You're Artie Moreno. And these are my signings. These are my picks. But that Edwin Diaz pick, like, it just, it it fell apart. So am I, am I fired for that particular pick because it just completely fell apart because he got hurt? Or would you give me another chance? I think I'd give you another chance because you have him locked up for the next couple of years um, if he were to get <laughs> okay. his actual salary. There you go. I mean, look, it, it happened in spring training. Everybody yeah. was freaking out saying, yeah. what, what's the point of spring training and all this stuff. And it, it, it happens and yeah. he'll be back this year. And it's, you know, you can turn the page on 2023 and, and move on. Wasn't it, it was in the WBC. Right? It was, oh, the WBC. it was the WBC. And they I'm were sorry, celebrating. Yeah. That made it even worse because they were right. celebrating and he hurt oh my himself. Gosh, and that's why I everybody totally was devastated. That. That's right. So that would have been made it even worse. So then, but on the GM side, I would have looked great because I had nothing to do with that. Right? Yeah, that wasn't your fault. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, coming up on Lockdown Angels, where did we hit and where did we miss? We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Lockdown. 
Locked On Angels is brought to you by FanDuel. You can get in on all of the NFL action this season with FanDuel. They're America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers like you can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. It would have been really difficult to bet on some teams this weekend and maybe not so difficult on some other teams, but I look at like what happened with the Minnesota Vikings, John. They lost right. their starting quarterback last weekend, and then they trade for Josh Dobbs, and Josh Dobbs doesn't even know the names of the players that he's <laughs> playing with and doesn't know the plays. His head coach is calling them and explaining it in his helmet, and this guy leads the Vikings back for a Insane. victory. What Insane. an incredible, incredible game, and what an incredible athlete. That takes a lot of not just physical athlete, but that takes a lot of intellect as well, and so – High five to Josh Dobbs. I have a friend named Ben who is a huge Vikings fan, so he was doing backflips this last weekend and would have won 150 bucks if he placed a $5 money line bet with FanDuel. So, Ben, you need to do that. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to do that than right now. The app is really easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including the spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get involved in all of the NFL action. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Locked On Everydayers, join us every day this week because it's GM week. We're going to have Mike's picks tomorrow. My picks are going to come the day after that. And then we love to hear from you as well. We'd love for you to submit your picks of what the Angels should do in the offseason, and we can assess them on the show. So get involved. Get in on the conversation. Get at us on social media. Leave a comment on the YouTube show if you're watching there. Or give us a call on our voicemail line, which is always available in the episode description. Again, GM week, all week long here on Locked on Angels. All right, let's talk about your picks, Johnny. When you were GM, John, who did, who is it that you went to go and get? And you actually went after players that Perry Manassian went after, and so we were that? celebrating that during the season. The first big signing that you had was Brandon Drury, and yeah. you were going to offer him $7 million a year, and his actual salary was eight point five, so you weren't that far off. Brandon produced a 2.5 Fangraphs war this last season. Here's his stats, and these are incredible stats outside of the fact that he was hurt for a bit. He put up really strong stats. So 125 games, 61 runs, 127 hits, 30 doubles. Uh, Should have been 29 doubles, uh, and that ball shouldn't have gone over the wall when they were, right? (laughs) No. I can't believe that ball. It should have been a triple, right? Uh, He had three triples, 26 home runs, 83 RBIs, 25 walks, and 136 Ks. Great slash line, 262 batting average, 306 on base, 497 slugging, and an 803 OPS. Johnny, he had a 114 weighted runs created plus. What was it about Drury that drew your attention to him? I just thought that uh, he was so versatile because he could play first and second, and he even uh, got some time at third and could play the outfield as well. And then in spring training, he said, I'd love to compete for the shortstop job. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was, I want this guy to be versatile and be all over the field. I went back and listened to both of our episodes from last year, and I said, I want him to be the the Sean Figgins or the Meiser Asturias. I want him all over that infield. Yeah. Turns out he was really good at second base, not so great at first base, but right. he did really find a home at second. And just the fact that he was versatile and the fact that he came through when a lot of the bats in the order got injured, man, Brandon Drury, I'm really glad that Perry Manassian picked him up. And we have him this year as well. Somebody who looked as like the, uh, like a great signing in the offseason but ended up not being so great was 
Tyler Anderson, right? Yeah. And so uh, your salary that you offered Tyler Anderson was 14 million. He ended up signing 13 million. It was a three-year deal, 39 million. So we have him for two more years. Good luck to us. Uh, he had a <laughs> graphs war of 1.1. He was six and six, 25 starts, 140 innings pitched, a 5.43 ERA, a 4.92 FIP, and a 1.489 WHIP. He had a 9.3. Uh, hits per nine innings pitched, a 1.3 homers per nine innings pitch, and a 1,000.1 walks. No, I'm kidding. Uh, That's not what it says. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like he walked a thousand people. Yeah, game, no right? kidding. But 4.1 walks per nine innings pitch, and we felt every single one of those walks. Yeah, right? that's why his FIP is so high. He absolutely put guys and on then, base. Uh, yeah, and then he had a 7.6 uh, K per nine, a 1.86 Ks to walk ratio. Johnny had a 124 ERA minus and. So again, you need to be under 100 for that to be a positive thing. His wasn't positive. And it was really frustrating to see this guy. And we'll talk about wins and losses in the next segment. But it was really frustrating to see this guy not be the guy that he was with the Dodgers in 2022, right? Yeah, it it was unexpected. And I mean, the fact is, is it seems like the direction that the coaching staff was giving him tried to have him mix the fastball and the changeup at strikeout pitches when he really utilized that changeup really well with the Dodgers, and that right. was his main weapon. He wasn't using it as like a, a pitch to get strikes. He was using it to get guys to hit it over it and yeah. hit it into the ground, and it just seemed like the approach changed based on some of the research that we've done. Remember, check out our pitch efficiency episode if you haven't watched that yet because it kind of explains what happened with Tyler Anderson. Mike, I don't think it's anything he can't get back to. I think sure. it's something sure. that he can definitely do next season. Yeah, Mark Pryor is who he needs. That's who he needs, right? Because Mark right. Pryor was telling him, hey, you got to throw that change up and throw it as as your strikeout pitch and, and throw it at, at, to get people to swing and miss. And he did that in 2022, not so much in 2023. John, right. you also wanted to sign Michael Waka. You Ooh. offered him $10 million. He signed for $8 million. Uh, he had uh, $4 million plus $3.5 million signing bonus plus incentives. He had a 2.6 fan graphs war. He had a really good season. 14 and 4, 24 starts, 134 innings pitched, 3.22 ERA, a 3.89 FIP, <clears throat> and a 1.1 WHIP, a 7.6 hits per nine, a 1.0 homers per nine. 2.9 walks per nine, and then an 8.3 K per nine inning. And then he had a 2.88 Ks to walk ratio and a 78 ERA minus. Johnny, he's also somebody that is a free agent again and somebody yeah. that is available to be signed. 14 and four, really great season. If Waka's in this rotation for the Angels in 2023, who's he replacing in your mind? Oh, again, it's it's... Berea or Suarez. In fact, Mike, I think you could have something like Otani, Waka, Detmers, Anderson, Sandoval, and Canning just to kind of mix up your righties and your lefties and whatnot. So I think, man, I really wish that they would have gone after Waka, especially at eight million. And yep. to see what he did this year was was pretty incredible. He didn't get all the starts that he could have because of some of those incentives, but also he did miss about a month with injury but again that's a pretty good looking record right there so i think yeah. i i think i hit on that michael Walker one but yeah. the uh the next one i'm actually interested in brandon nimmo man read yeah. that one you offered him 14 million he signed for 18.25 million it was an eight-year deal 20.25 million for the remaining seven years johnny yeah and i wouldn't have gotten him <laughs> wouldn't have gotten him in a 4.3 war a really great season his slash line was 274 363 on base 
466 slugging, and an 829 OPS. Johnny had 24 home runs, 68 RBIs, 74 walks, a 130 weighted runs created plus. I think, John, he would have been somebody that would have been pretty comparable for the Angels in center field. The Angels didn't have a terrible center fielder production, but Brandon Nimmo could have been somebody that would have brought more production. Uh, the Angels averaged 3.6 war in center field, 38 home runs, 106 runs, 102 RBIs, 254 average, 317 on base, uh, 458 slugging, and a 775 OPS with a 109 weighted runs created plus. So Nimmo would have been a upgrade in center field and in the outfield for the Angels. Yeah, the trade-off there is that you lose some power with Nimmo, but you get the leadoff guy, you get the speed, you get the 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 runs batted in, or I should say him scoring runs, 89 yes. runs scored, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and the speed on the base paths. I think there's a little sacrifice there. But again, you had Mike Trout in center, you had Mickey Moniak in center, you had some Joe Adele, yeah. Jordan Adams. Like it's, it's a mishmash of players out there. Um, Nimmo, I definitely wouldn't have been able to sign him though, uh, right. but good on the Mets to lock him up because he's, he's somebody that I think is going to be good for them for a long time. And then Rafael Montero, Mike, uh, I wanted him for 9 million. Uh, he actually got 11 and a half million would have been a terrible signing because yeah. he was only good for 0.1 F4 year, which is so interesting. And I was yeah. jealous of this pick when you picked him because I thought it was a really good move, but he had a really tough year, Johnny. Uh, ERA over five. He he had a lot, he gave up a lot of hits. He 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 walked a lot of guys, and his ERA minus was one twenty. And so you were going to have him be your closer yeah. instead of Carlos Estevez, and th that was still kind of up in the air. We weren't sure about Estevez. Johnny, if if it wasn't him, if he wasn't able to close like he was, he didn't close for the Astros. But if he wasn't able to close, or if he had this kind of a bad year, uh, man, the Angels would be kind of in a in a bit of a pickle, right? If they signed Montero. <laughs> I think they would have gone to Matt Moore, like you suggested earlier. Like yep. it just Montero would have been terrible yeah. in that closer role. And then finally, Mike, I, I picked Jose Abreu. And I really like this pick too. I thought you did a good job here. I was going to give him $9 million, but he actually made $19.5 right. right. And that was not a great move uh, either way because he was good for a negative 0.6 Fangraphs war. Now he did get into 141 games, 62 runs, 128 hits, 23 doubles, 18 home runs. 90 RBIs, 42 walks, and 130 Ks, but a slash line 237, 296 on base, a 383 slugging, and a 680 OPS. Mike, it was kind of the tale of two seasons yes. for him because yeah. he did heat up later on, but his first half was awful. He had an 86 weighted runs created plus. But Mike, at first base, the Angels actually had a positive uh, F war there, 1.4. Uh, they slashed 246, 295. 400 and 695 OPS wow. with 45 home runs, 154 runs scored and 172 RBIs across everybody who played there. Drury, Moni, uh, uh, not Moniak, uh, Drury, Shawnawell and Mustakis and all those guys who played at production. first base. Uh, good production there. Mike of Shawnawell, Abreu and Mustakis. Mustakis actually had the best defense of all wow. three at a 1.4 ultimate zone rating. So I think this, this Jose Abreu signing, well, I thought it would be good at the time. I who could have seen his terrible second or terrible first half coming? Right, because that's something that I don't think the Astros even anticipated either. I think he got hot when it mattered, but at the same time, I think he he that's not what they wanted out of him, right? 
Right. No, that's not what they wanted at all. And that's not what you wanted. But I have to tell you, I, uh, those last two picks, I was like, man, those are really, really good. I think that that's going to hit. <laughs> but who would have thought they're on the Astros? Who would have thought that they would have been as awful as they were? He, I picked him because of his health. He had 150 games uh, every season except for 2020. And uh, he only had like one IL stint since 2018 at the time of the offseason picks we were making last year. So I really thought we had something there in Abreu. But fortunately, they did not take my pick on that one. All right, let's break it down Here and decide <laughs> how did we do? Are we hired or fired, Mike? Here's our hits and misses for each of us. So, how much Fangraphs war did our picks accrue? over 2023 in their seasons. Mike, you came in at 5.5 Fangraphs War. Mm -hmm. I came in at an even 10 Fangraphs War. So if you think about that, wins above replacement, Angels could have potentially had maybe five and a half more wins. And, and with my picks, they could have possibly had 10 more wins. Now, to be fair, I did sign two more players than you did yeah. uh, last offseason, but... The Drury, the Waka, and the Nimmo signings, they they carried a lot of that F war. In fact, I could have been able to afford Drury and Waka, uh, not Nimmo, who had the most war out of all of the players I picked. But again, five and a half for you and and ten for me. Yeah. So where did we where did we hit? Where did we miss? I, I, I'm gonna speak on behalf of GM Mike right now. I'm speaking myself in the third person. I am the Rock. Uh, <laughs> two things that I think I did well with, and that was signing Michael Lorenzen and JD Martinez. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Lorenzen would have been a positive addition to the rotation. A lot of people really wanted him at the trade deadline. So if we did not make the playoffs or weren't weren't looking great could have sent him away and got some really good pieces for him. And I also think that I hit on the J.D. Martinez piece. And I know that there was a mm. question about his outfield play, but I was going to take that risk because I wanted that bat in the lineup. And I think he could have been a really good bat for us. And with all the questions at first base, J.D. Martinez could have moved over to first base and he could have been somebody that handled that position for us, at least for the time being, until we figured out that Shanoel was was fantastic. Uh, but his his defense was going to be his biggest issue. And I knew that going in, but I think that those two signings, for me, were hits for 2023. What about you? I think I hit on Michael Waka and Drury and Nimmo. I mean, it was fun to be able to say that the Angels signed players that I chose and yeah, Drury that was and Anderson, but at the same time, Anderson was not great this season. And no. so I think I, I think I missed on that one, but Michael Walker would have, oh, man, could you imagine how much better things would have been in this rotation yeah. if they had just gone and got him, especially at that price? Like he got 8 million and I was going to give him 10 and right. angels easily could have done that for sure. And he's a starter too, which he's, you know, I think they gave 8 million to Matt Moore, maybe somewhere in that range. And he's a reliever and, and Waka was coming off this very under the radar season with the Red Sox and nobody was paying attention to it. And then there was a lot of work, a uh, talk about like, well, the, the, you know, expected numbers are a bit higher. He outperformed them, which, you know, I'm, I'm always the first one to be like, ah, this guy, he might sure. outperform. But even at the, even at the level he was, could have potentially regressed to, I think 8 million was totally worth it. And he lived up to the expectations. Again, Brandon Nimmo, I think was a great pick, but I just couldn't afford him at the end of the day when we were trying to stay under that $200 million yeah. Yeah. budget. Um, 
Mike, where did we miss? Why don't you start with your picks there? Obviously, I missed with Edwin Diaz because this guy was out for the season. We had to worry about who was going to close. His mm-hmm. salary would have been three times the salary of Estevez, and he didn't even pitch. <laughs> yeah. And so that would have been really, really frustrating. And I'm wondering if Artie would have asked me to just put him on waivers and see what happened, um, <laughs> just like I did with Perry. I also I, I think I missed because I didn't sign middle infielders. And moving into 2023, remember, remember – we were all pretty excited about the middle infield. We thought, you know, hey, Fletch, Fletch was going to have a bounce back year, and we thought maybe perhaps there would be some other key pieces in there, Renjifo and, and those types of players. And so we all were, were kind of confident that that's who was going to be in that rotation. I think because I didn't make a move there, we would have probably seen Neto come up because we needed a shortstop and perhaps would have even seen Shawnawell come up because we needed somebody else on the on the first base side. And so I missed there because I didn't fulfill the obligations that needed mm. to be fulfilled for the Angels. And with all the injuries, man, we would have been in a really, really difficult spot if if I was the GM because I didn't make any moves there. <laughs> what about you, Johnny? I think Rafael Montero would have been a huge swing and a miss for me because he'd be a more expensive deal than Carlos Estevez, almost yeah. twice as much. Um, and he would have been a terrible, expensive closer. And I just, it's it's crazy how... He had a terrible regular season. I think he, I looked at his numbers. He did okay in the postseason. Mm. But again, I was going to really rely on him to close out games for the Angels. That would have been a, a big miss for me. Uh, Jose Abreu, I think, is another miss. Uh, he was consistent at first. I mean, 141 games, he's over there. Yeah. Defense, you know, is not the worst in the world. But again, that sub 100 weighted runs created plus would have been really bad in terms of production. Perhaps if they did sign him, there wouldn't have been Sean Owell's debut this season, which I would have hated to miss out on that. And then between everyone who played at first base for the Angels, in total, they all performed better than Abreu did. That includes like Jared Walsh and CJ yeah. Crone. Like, like even yeah. with their negative numbers, they still collectively performed better than than Abreu. And then Tyler Anderson is a miss because I would have paid one million more dollars for the same bad results. So I don't think that I selected very well in that moment, but hopefully he can have a a bounce back season. Mike, if if you could do things differently, what would you do? Uh, I'm going to do things differently because I'm doing the GM show tomorrow. So what I'm I'm going to do is I'm not going to limit myself and I'm going to, I'm going to stack the deck. And, okay. and I'm not going to have, I'm not going to have like, well, I can't spend over this much, but I'm just going to go for it. And so well, we have, we have a lot more room to spend by the way. So absolutely. Um, and we'll absolutely. find out that price tomorrow. But again, yeah, I'm just going to go for it because I, I think that the, the, the rhythm that the angels have been in in the last few years is let's do just enough and get just under the, none of that because it hasn't right. worked. And so I, what I would, if I'm in Perry's seat, and, and and I'm making the decisions, I'm going to run really hard at filling this team with really great players, not great players that are old and just going to be pieces that we could fill in, like a J.D. Martinez, mm-hmm. but players that we could go, we're going to count on them, not just this year, but in the years to come. So that's kind of my philosophy moving forward. That's what I would have done differently. What about you? I like it. Uh, I've got a philosophy for when I do my show on Wednesday, and I won't spoil it here, but as far as this these picks go um i i i don't know i i'm i'm happy with the picks that i that i got i think that i might have uh wanted to do more with the with the uh the bullpen arms considering like i only really chose um rafael montero and yeah. didn't really add much 
And then there were just so many better options like Matt Moore yep. out there, or even like a, like a trade that you could do. I know that we di- we stayed away from trades just because we wanted to do free agents, which is what we'll do again. But I think I really should have added to the bullpen and made that work for me last season. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Locked On Everydayers, we're here Monday through Friday, especially this week. you got to be here with us. It's GM week, and we're going to be sharing about the players we would sign. I'm going to take a turn, and then John's going to take a turn, and then we would love for you to take a turn and let us know who you would sign. And you can grade and tell us how we did, how we hit, how we missed in this episode in the comments below. And you can reach out to us on social media. John, tell them how they can do that. Yeah, get at us at Lockdown Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. Also, come on over to YouTube if you're listening to the audio uh, podcast. Come on over to YouTube, get in our comments, and respond to everything that happened today. And we'd love to have conversations with you, go back and forth with you, and, and see if you thought we hit or missed or if you would have done the same things or not. Um, which um, leads me to my next point, Mike. I'm really looking forward to tomorrow's show. What do we have on deck? Yeah, I'm going to sit in the GM chair and I'm excited about this because I think I've got some really good players and I'm going to spend some money, John. And that's tomorrow on Locked on Angels. Looking forward to that, my brother. All right, friends. Thanks for being here for this episode of Locked on Angels. Until tomorrow's show, my name is John and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike and that's my brother, John. All right, friends. We'll see you back here tomorrow for Mike's turn in the GM chair. Can't wait for it. See you back here tomorrow.